0: Obviously, you know you make tough decisions at the end of the season, and uh, you evaluate as a head coach. You evaluate a lot of different things, and um, you know made some tough, tough moves, tough decisions. Appreciate what those guys have did for me and and for the Jaguars the last two years, and. And then, and then it, my focus was, you know, to get the next next group of guys in there.
1: We've got a lot of work to do this off season. You know, I had a meeting with Kelvin uh, the other day in my office. I had a great talk with Kelvin. Know exactly where he's at, and, and he knows where we're at. So we're just going to continue to work with all these players and try to come to some some form of compromise, some form of resolution as as the weeks go on.
2: 1010 XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark.
3: All right, good morning, everybody. We've uh, done all the hard work, the grueling evaluations, made the tough decisions, and in the end, we've decided we're going to run it back Mm -hmm. in
4: 2024.
3: I can't help but uh, come away feeling that there was a lot of that Yesterday being expressed particularly about the offensive line. Tony Smith, good morning. How are you? Doing well. (sighs) I don't know. They only played together one game, Tone. It's this continuity and health's sake. Yeah. Did did we not see a lot of them getting pushed around? Does it matter who the guy is next to you if you're getting throttled and and thrashed about because you physically don't match up with the guy opposite you? It might matter to some (laughs) small degree, but – I don't think it's enough to make up
5: for things. If we re-sign Ezra Cleveland, everything's fixed Mm -hmm. on the offensive. I think it's all about how you want to take it. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of people are really mad at the organization and have good reasons to be right after the decisions they didn't make last offseason. But you can even look at that comment from Doug Peterson. They only played together for the one game, right? And say, well, then why would they need Cam back? This guy's hurt. This guy's suspended. Right? Like you can look at it that way. If you choose to look at it that way, you can take that comment that way, but everyone's going to be on the side how of. How well, did you take it? Right. I, I took it as they say nothing. That's what I take it as when they're at the combine talking. I think you say nothing, don't lie. Right? It's the way I feel about it. So when, for instance, when Trent Pawke asked about their left tackle again, Cam Robinson, he says he's under contract. That's not he's playing left tackle for us. That's right now he's under contract. And later on in the press conference, he follows, he does answer a question by saying, you'll see what all our plans are going to look like starting next week. Right? He said both yesterday. So I know everyone is reacting like, well, the offensive line is going to be back together next year. I didn't take it that way. And I would still be really surprised if that's the direction that they want to go, having evaluated all those guys in the room is we're going to go back with the same five. I just don't see it happening. Do you think Cam Robinson's more
3: likely to be back based on what you heard yesterday? No, really? I do. I don't. I, I absolutely do. Um, Now, is it under this current contract? Maybe not where he counts mm-hmm. $21 million against the cap, but you know, not only talking about him, but, talking about him in a way about how he brings that nastiness and that edge to the line of scrimmage, which we know is a line that's been lacking that. And you've got the one guy who has some of that. Look, me personally, I would probably make the tough decision and move on from Cam this Mm offseason. I don't get the sense, listening to it yesterday, that that's what they're going to do. Now, does that mean that – it's 100% gospel they're going to start the same five. No, I don't think that that's the case because I still think you've got to do something with Brandon Sheriff's contract at the very least. And I would hope they at least bring in some competition for Luke Fortner. But yeah, everything every time Luke Fortner's name gets brought up, they lean on, well, he started every game, so he's got a lot of experience. But is it good experience? Did he play yeah. well during that time? If you keep
5: running him out there, he's going to have even more experience at the end of this year. It's not going to necessarily make him a better player. The half second that makes me still feel like Cam Robinson probably isn't going to be here was when Trent Baalke was going through the list of guys they got to work on extensions with mm-hmm. this offseason, and he finished that comment off by saying, walk. I got right? that
3: too, and is was he talking about –
5: Walker Little or Trayvon Walker? Can't extend walk, Trayvon Walker after this upcoming season. No, but he was asked about this offseason. Was it specifically yeah. this
2: offseason?
3: Because he said, no, because he said we got a lot of guys with contract because he mentioned Tyson and Trevor, and you don't have to necessarily do those guys. You this don't have to season. do those
5: guys, but you can do those guys. You can. Right.
3: Yeah. No, I, I Like it that was you-
5: a list of all guys that they can extend right now and walk uh, right now it may when, have been Trayvon said, Walker right
3: when he said walk I, I immediately thought he was talking about Walker Little as well I thought it yeah I and, still and, think I, and I'm Walker. like wait a minute why are you talking about Cam like he's your starter and if if Walker Little's not good enough to earn one of your starting spots sure. what are we extending him for what exactly is making this a priority yeah but then I started thinking about it and I wondered if he was talking about Trayvon Walker
5: and he might have been and it, that, it's be, not like there was a follow-up there to see
4: exactly no,
3: what that but was. But I caught that.
5: I was like, walk. Like, how yeah. is how is Walker Little any kind of a
3: priority? Because I thought the same thing. But he did because he was talking about Tyson and Trevor. And it's not clear when they're going to engage on those exactly. No, that yeah. he could be talking about Trayvon Walker. And I
5: will. I'll remind, you know, they're talking to Josh Allen. Duh. Right? And they'd like to get the deal done before they have to use the tag. Duh. Right? Like, those are all things that are just obviously something they should be working on. That they'd be interested in bringing back Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Obviously, they would be interested in bringing back Calvin Ridley. I think yesterday was the first time that he talked about it as, look, if we have basically, if we have to give up a second round pick to keep Calvin Ridley, fine. Right? Like, that's, it's the first time he basically said it that way. It's like, we're just worried about getting the player back. Was the, it was the first time he expressed it that way yesterday. But I do go back to last year. At the NFL Combine, franchise tag hadn't been applied to Evan Ingram. They still had those three guys that everyone was like, how are they going to prioritize these three guys that are big-time free agents for the team? Now, most of us thought that Evan Ingram was going to be the one that was going to wind up getting the franchise tag, but not everybody, right? There was a group that thought Jawan Taylor may be the guy who's going to wind up getting the franchise tag so that they can extend the window with him and figure something else out. And... When we came out of the combine and they applied the franchise tag to Evan Ingram, there was a lot of confidence that the deal is going to get done soon. This is going to be a quick one. No, which is the Josh Allen that he's talking to Josh Allen's agent, good. He should be talking to Josh Allen's agent. But I don't think it even changes in my mind the timeline on the Josh Allen thing. To me, it's like, well, obviously, they were talking to Evan Ingram and all these guys last year during this process, this time of year last year as well. They got nothing done with any of them until months later with Evan Ingram. I think them saying that they're talking to guys doesn't mean much. As they're going to the NFL Combine. I'm glad they're talking to Josh Allen. I hope they get the deal done in the next week. I still just don't expect that's going to be the way it plays out. Well,
3: and it's not just a matter of are they willing to make an offer or anything like that, as we've talked about. Josh Allen's camp may, at this point, go, hey, we're too close to free agency. Uh, You're going to have to apply the tag because I'm not going to sign anything until I see what these other guys are getting, which is something we've talked about. I feel like in the past they've indicated they're not giving up a second-round pick in the Ridley thing, that it he would did. be a third-round pick, During right? During last
5: offseason, he said it basically that way. Right, and
3: now it's like, and was that just a case of they were more confident they'd be able to get something done before now? Here would be my question, though. If you get a deal that Ridley agrees to sign before the opening of free agency, mm-hmm. if you agree to sign it, you know you're giving up the ability to shop that deal around, or maybe you're shopping right. it around anyway at Can the combine. give us till
5: right? 4.05 that day? Yeah. So
3: just give us till 4.05. Like, if you're going to sign it, here's the deal. It's the same deal, mm-hmm. and it will help us put a better player on this roster Absolutely. by us keeping the second-round pick. Calvin Ridley, what would be the
5: reason to not go along with that other than you want your money this second and not – you know, unless you're using that as some kind of leverage to get the deal a little bit higher. Like, if if that's sure. the way he wants to use it, he could. As But even in the end, whatever yeah. number you agree to, if he agrees
3: to sign it, he can sign it five minutes later once the league gear has started. For sure. And it would matter. It would have a huge impact. For sure. On the Jags. But, you know, we started talking about this a little bit yesterday. In the end. Does keeping Calvin Ridley trump the draft pick compensation, period? Mm -hmm. And that's today's question of the day. If it came down to, and we get it, you know, the best thing they could do is get Josh Allen done and then they could franchise tag Ridley. Yes, it would be. Agreed. Or or how about this? Get them both done and not Mm -hmm. franchise tag anybody. That would be great too. But if it plays out like this and it came down to a choice between signing Ridley and keeping the third-round pick, and then in that case, you're giving up your second rounder
5: mm-hmm.
3: uh, in the deal to Atlanta. Or keep that second rounder and Ridley sign somewhere else. Which would you prefer? Do, does the second round pick Trump Ridley? Or, and keep it in mind, it's Ridley on probably a $20 million a year contract or something like that, eating up a big chunk of your cap, one of the highest paid guys on the team, and you get the third round pick. Or do you prefer let him walk? And get the second round pick. And it's not a case of let him test the market and maybe he comes back. He's and get, It's one or the other. Do You want Ridley and the third knowing he's going to get the big fat contract or do you let him go somewhere else? You have the second. Maybe you now need to spend that second on the Calvin Ridley replacement, uh, for instance, mm-hmm. is a possibility. So uh, it's a simple one-click uh, vote there at MD underscore 1010XL. You can hit us up as well. At 1010XL Fat Tony and at 1010XL Denmark. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. Pockets, I hear, uh, generally <laughs> successful uh, track meet for the Baldwin kids last night. Oh yeah, night.
0: we did a good, pretty good job yesterday. I was pretty uh, pretty consistent what we did. Had a couple of kids that ran a uh, personal best times and uh, you know good good first track meet.
3: Fantastic. All right, good uh, good job uh, to all those First Coast athletes out there uh, competing in whatever you're competing in these days. Uh, we got Johnny O joining us live from Indianapolis coming up. In under 10 minutes from now, we'll take you there live coming up next uh, with the man from Jaguars.com, and we'll hear some selected thoughts from Doug Peterson and Trent Balky today mm-hmm. and encourage your feedback as well. You heard it all day yesterday on 1010XL, or hopefully you went back and listened on one of our apps or on the website and uh, go back and and uh, listen at your leisure. But regardless, you had plenty of opportunities to hear what Doug Peterson and Trent Balky had to say. We'll play you a few of those comments. Uh, otherwise, we'd be here until about 4 in the afternoon, <laughs> honestly. There's a lot of those guys <laughs> yes, there is. Longer than yesterday. That. And that's fine. You know what? Uh, we appreciate the the opportunity and uh, glad to bring you that so you can hear from those guys firsthand. But we'll discuss what we heard and what we learned, if anything, uh, yesterday throughout the course of the program today. So don't forget to vote in the poll. six four one ten ten gets you on board on the All Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. But coming up next, we speak with the senior writer, from Jaguars.com, live in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine, John Osher will stop by Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Oh No's with Jaguars.com's John Osher, brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, on 1010XL.
3: All right, Jaguars, today here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, your home for Jaguar football, the head coach and general manager speaking in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine yesterday, Frank Frangie, Hayes, Caroline Mio O'Brien, with continuing coverage throughout the week From Indianapolis, and our our continuing coverage uh, includes our man Johnny O from Jaguars.com, the senior writer also in Indy uh, today and this
4: week. John, what's up? How are you? Guys, I missed my little seat next to uh, Fat Tony, but I'm here in Indy. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm ready.
3: We put a a very small... picture of you sitting in the seat right there. Uh, okay, well,
4: i bet you did. Yeah,
3: i bet you did. <laughs> we, we did. I'm sure. It's very small. <laughs> the, probably the cameras wouldn't pick it up, but I'm just saying, it's there. Just know that we miss you, John. Uh, John, I- I'll let you take it kind of open-ended. Um, sure. What, if anything, um, caught your ear, you know, caused your ears to perk up, maybe a little bit of surprise, if anything, from anything you heard from Doug Peterson and or Trent Bulky
4: yesterday? Um, well, I think it was notable that Doug said he's examining this off season uh, about the play calling. You know, I, I don't think Doug, uh, honestly, last year thought that the press was doing a bad job or thought that anything would have been that much different had he been calling plays. Uh, I know fans felt differently about that, but uh, I think Doug sort of thought that he impressed her of one mind and not a whole lot of difference when one's calling the plays. But he left it open yesterday, certainly, uh, to, hey, I've got to do what's best for the team. I've got to look at it. Uh, and, you know, he left it very open-ended. So I think that was notable. Um, I don't know that very much that Trent said in terms of uh, the progress on free agents. Is that surprising? I mean, he, he said conversations have been had with all, uh, and that just sort of felt like uh ongoing to use his words that wasn't surprising I think it was notable in terms of updating that storyline for everybody and just sort of confirming what everybody would have sort of assumed
5: yeah John I, I tend to agree I thought the biggest thing coming out of yesterday was Doug leaving the door open to his considering taking back play calling duties this year I've seen several people ask this several different ways but it basically amounts to what was it, what were the responsibilities that Doug Peterson was taking on last year that might have prevented him from taking over play calling duty from press, or was it as simple as he just trusted press to do the job?
4: Yeah, I never got the vibe that Doug thought, hey, I want to take this back, and I just can't do it because I'm dealing with the defense or I'm dealing with X or Y." Um, I think the spirit of it was more, I think he thought that, Uh, Press A deserved the opportunity, but much more than that, I think that he looked at uh, 2022 uh, with press calling plays in the second half of game and uh, thought he was ready, didn't think it was going to be that big of a difference. The defense, I mean, the offense was good in the second half of those games. And I do think throughout the course of the season, I don't think Doug looked at a lot of whatever was going wrong with the offense as. Press Taylor not calling good plays. I think what Doug liked about the situation, um, he, he he's talked about it uh, several times, not really getting into specifics, but just being able to manage the game more uh, on game day, not thinking about play calling and thinking more about big picture. Uh, you know, that's tougher to do than you would think when you have your, uh, you know, I'll speak symbolically here, when you get your nose in a play sheet. Um, so I think that's more what Doug liked and the big picture, 30,000 foot view of the game, as opposed to, uh, specifically having play calling duty.
3: Uh, John Osher here with us from Jaguars.com. John, let's uh, talk about the offensive line where, I mean, you can interpret sure. what was said yesterday as, uh, our line is set. They just need to be healthy or Maybe it's a complete dumpster fire, but we're not going to tell you what we're going to do, or somewhere in between, right? Is probably probably. where it falls, right? Somewhere in between, but um, yeah,
4: I've got to think it's somewhere in between. Uh, So much of what's said in these media availability situations from these guys, they know the topic. Uh, You know, if say, for example, if if they think they have to improve on Luke Fortner, well. they don't want to come out and necessarily say, hey, you know, we've got to do this and then not be able to work it in the draft. What if somebody takes the centers they want in the draft before him and then they can't make a move in free agency? Well, all of a sudden you you know said, hey, this guy's terrible. So I think that's why you stay vague. I think they do know that the offensive line has to improve. Uh, I I would still be surprised if Sheriff is back just because of the cap number, not because necessarily he's a bad player. Uh, So I thought the interesting thing out of it was it seemed to me that they were both saying that Cam's going to be back. Yes. Um, They didn't bang the table with that, but the way they were phrasing things certainly made it sound like that. Uh, That's news because that solidifies left tackle, Anton's right tackle. Uh, you would think that Walker Little's the swing uh, may be competing in there. As, again, as we talked about before, even when you think you've got one spot nailed down on the line, there's still a bunch of different things that might happen. So I think something happens. Uh, but if Cam's back, that's significant, right?
3: Well, it is. and But, you know, it depends on is he back on the last year of this deal where he's scheduled to be an unrestricted sure. free agent next year. He, You know, Bulk at one point mentioned a number of guys who – they have to consider extensions for in the near future. And he threw the he just said the name Walk. And at the time he said it, sound I thought he was talking about Walker Little. Um, right. Maybe Trayvon Walker, but I it felt like he was talking about Walker Little. But I was a little confused because you got Anton. We know he's not going anywhere. I agree with you. I felt like they were both praising Cam Robinson more than I expected him to yesterday. So if Walker Little has not broken through. In the time he's been here, how big of a priority can he be moving forward, John?
4: Yeah, I I missed that. I don't know what uh, he may have said, and I just missed it. Um, they can't extend Trayvon this off I understand that, right? Only a second year. But he, so, it was in the
3: context that he was asked about. He, he's got like yeah. Tyson Campbell's going to come up, and Trevor's going to come up. And whereas you can extend them. You're not sure. necessarily going to do that this off season either. That's why I was a little confused when that yeah. name came up.
4: Yeah, that would have confused me as well. I, I, I wish I had a good answer. Uh, saying I don't know isn't great radio, but I, I'm not sure of that because I'm with you. I would have sort of assumed right now that uh, Walker Little entering the last year of his deal w- would seem a – I wouldn't expect that as an extension this off offseason. Uh, but, you know – I don't know all the ins and outs, so I don't know. Bad ra- bad radio answer.
5: Did anything that Trent or Doug said yesterday help you solidify your ideas to any level about what you expect them to do in the draft?
4: Um, not really. I mean, I uh, they were asked specifically about corner, and I know corner is the way everybody's going, uh, or you know, I. Uh, not really, because I guess like you guys, there's so much smokescreen that trying to decipher it on February 28th when I can't decipher it on April 2nd <laughs> just seems like folly. But, but uh, you know, clearly they were more, I, I don't know if the word's aggressive, but more specific on corners saying, look, we, we know we have to address it. Uh, that was a little more pointed than you usually get this time of year. Uh, does that mean they have to do it at 17? Uh, you guys follow the draft as much as me. Uh, as soon as you say they have to do something at number 17, they do something else after that and then address corner in the second round and surprise you. But i got to think corner on the first uh, two rounds somewhere in there.
3: Well, John, the key to addressing it in the second round is having a second round pick. Sure. As we know now, apparently, oh, it doesn't really matter that much if it's a second or a third rounder. Uh, we're not that concerned with that if when it comes to re-signing Calvin Ridley, which is a departure from the past when Bulky indicated that it would be a third-rounder if they brought him back because that's the way they would set it up. I mean, we're, are, are you surprised that they may be willing to sign him prior to the opening of free agency? At least that's what those comments seem to indicate. And how do you expect this? To, assuming Josh Allen gets the franchise tag, what do you think happens with Ridley?
4: Well... It sounds like they, well, if he get the franchise tag, then I think they get something done with him before March 13th. Uh, I also don't necessarily think um, that I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not hyper locked into that. I would lean in that direction is happening. I, I think the reason that he says something on the lines of, Hey, we don't care that much about the second or third round pick. Uh, you're sort of in the phase now or when you're having negotiations with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to say anything publicly that might indicate one way or the other what you're thinking. You don't want to do anything through the media. So I think that comment probably was more deflective than that. Uh, I think certainly they don't they don't want to give up the second round pick. They'd really give up the third. Uh, I think you don't want to come out and say that right now. What will they do? I think Calvin's back. I'm probably 60-40 on that.
5: You know, John, we've all had the opportunity to break down what went wrong for the team in the back half of the season last year. You've been at the Combine for a number of years now, John. You were obviously there last year around a Jaguars team that seemed to be rising, right, after getting to the divisional round of the playoffs. What are the conversations, what have they been like around the Jaguars this year, especially in contrast to what they might have been like last year?
4: In terms of what outsiders are saying? Or in yeah. In terms of, I mean... Um I thought it was interesting that, again, yesterday when Doug was talking about it, uh, he he did mention over and over again, like he did all uh, offseason, he really believed offensive line continuity was a big deal. And then injuries at the end of the season to Zay and not Christian, I think he really thought those factored in, probably made a difference in a win or two. Uh, Around the team itself, I mean, around the outsiders, I think it's more, uh, you know, look, the interior of their offensive line and the run defense, which the team knows too, those areas really failed them. The end of the season last year, I I, think the overriding concern that you hear among the buzz is this was a decent defensive team until about week 11 or 12. And then when everything sort of started going awry, that wasn't there to sort of pick it up. Uh, Maybe it wasn't expected to be that before the season, but then for 12 games it was and then it wasn't. So I think that's a little more you, know, you got to be better there. That's got to at least be able to help you hold serve at the end of the season. That's, that's sort of the vibes. I get it in general terms. All
3: right, John, now that uh, Trent and Doug have spoken at the combine, uh, what is your coverage going to entail for the rest of the week? And what are we waiting for? I guess we're just waiting now for the franchise tag deadline uh, to see what the Jags announce uh, prior to that in terms of whether or not they get anything done with Josh Allen.
4: Yeah, Trent certainly talked yesterday in terms of, which makes sense, hey, hey, we got a week more on this thing. So they're looking at the franchise tag deadline. Let's get something done one way or the other and decide it. Uh, so that's sort of what we're looking at. Uh, today is sort of a day where uh, I've got Jaguars AM here in a, in a few minutes, we'll of the same sort of conversations that we just had, sort of wrapping up Trent, wrapping up Doug, and then sites get set a little more to talking to some draft picks, talking to some analysts. Uh, I used to do the Senior Bowl. The Combine is where I start trying to get my head around a little bit to what they're going to do in the draft. Uh, it, it, like you, I try to put off looking at mock drafts as long as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. I started looking at it about a month ago, and now I really get into it.
3: Oh, yeah. like Once the Jags are eliminated, once the regular season ended, I was straight to the mock drafts. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're a mock draft guy. I love them. When I, I, I do. think of
4: mock drafts, I think of you.
3: They're entertaining uh, to me, you know, and
4: that's what they're there
3: for, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not gospel. They're, they are what they are. All right. Uh, we'll go learn a bunch about a bunch of players that we are going to be drafting, and uh, we'll check in with you around this time tomorrow.
4: Guys, I appreciate the flexibility. Thanks a
3: lot. All right, Johnny O. There he goes, Jaguars uh, embedded reporter at their own website, John osier the senior writer from Jaguars.com. Uh, we'll come back, and let's open the discussion here on – Things you heard from Doug Peterson and Trent Balky yesterday. Again, we'll play some selected cuts for you. Today's question of the day if it came down to a choice between signing Calvin Ridley and keeping the third round pick or losing Ridley and keeping their second round pick, which would you prefer for the Jaguars? I don't think that's a misleading question at all. Somebody's having a really hard time with it, apparently, <laughs> on social media. I mean, we all understand there are other avenues here. Thought we laid it out perfectly yeah. clearly. If it came, and it could come down to this choice. If you sign him before the opening of free agency, you're giving up that second-round pick. So is that a better alternative than losing him entirely? If those are your choices. Yep. There are better choices. They're not included in this poll. You know what's a better choice? Brink's truck backs up and dumps a billion dollars on my front lawn. <laughs> and I don't care about Twitter polls anymore. That's a better choice. But right. it's not one of our options today. Mm-hmm. And we'll put that one in tomorrow. All right? So uh, sign Ridley, keep the third, lose Ridley, Keep the second. Those are your choices there. We'll come back and hear from the head coach, Doug Peterson, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, straight ahead on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. All
3: right, if you want to hear Frank Franchi's sit-down interviews with Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, they are available at 1010XL.com in the on-demand section. You can go back and listen at your Leisure, they had those interviews. They did their podium interviews with the media at large, and then they did a local media scrum as well uh, with the uh, folks like Mia O'Brien and Hayes Carline are up there. So there are a lot of opportunities, Tony. We've pulled this audio from a variety of those sources here to try to give you an overall general sense of the storylines coming out of the scouting combine from a Jaguar perspective yesterday. So we'll start in with Doug Peterson and the play calling thing has been, you know, something that people harped on, obviously, a lot throughout the season. No doubt. Early in the offseason, are we going to get rid of Press Taylor, want to move on, da 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 uh, At least will Doug take back play calling duties? And uh, he was asked about this yesterday, and he talked about areas needed to address and fix when it came to play calling.
0: Are there things we need to address and fix? Yes, there are, and we've done that already this offseason, the last six, seven weeks being in the building. Um, do we have to get better? Yes, we do. Coaches have to. It starts with us. Uh, listen, it starts with me, and it starts with the coordinators, and then it trickles down. So my um, my confidence is high. You know, there's still a lot of collaboration with he and I uh, in game, off season, and, and, and again, we've got to make sure that we're putting our players right it's all about the players and we got to make sure that they're in the best position to go execute if that means scale back let's scale back let's not have a big volume of stuff and and um uh, and that to me that's where it starts
5: and continuing along those lines Doug Peterson was followed up with a question asking is he considering taking over play calling duties this year
0: you know, I think those are things that that I need to you know uh, consider you know uh, this offseason this spring Um, you know there were things out of my control that I had to deal with more you know the last last year Um, takes you away from from some of that stuff and I'm not going to get into those but you know so yeah it's something that I have to it's part of the evaluation process and I have to evaluate you know myself and and impress as, as decision makers and play callers and and see what's best for our team.
3: It's interesting. Uh, before we get to what's interesting there, final mm-hmm. comment on that, just a direct follow-up. So, to be clear, Doug, you've not decided whether you or Press Taylor will be calling the
0: plays this year. I mean, those are, again, I haven't decided, but those are all ongoing conversations that um, and Press and I will have and, and um, you know, go from there.
3: Hard to find too many people that came away from listening to Doug Peterson yesterday in as many uh, moments in front of a microphone that don't believe that he's taking back play calling, right? (laughs) Well, because Tone, you know, there are a lot of ways you can answer this question without answering it directly, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but the fact that he's putting it out there, that this is such a thing that he's dwelling on and thinking about, in some way, you're already undercut Press Taylor as the play caller, right? Just the fact that, well, this is an unsettled thing. We're going to have to take a long, hard look about whether or not it's right for me to take away the duty that I gave him full-time last year, in a sense, you've already you've set him up at worst as a guy that if he does have play-calling duties, the first time you call a third and one that isn't successful, everybody's all over this guy. And, mm-hmm. look, it, that's the nature of people in play-calling. But I certainly came away thinking that the, the more he wouldn't commit to answering the question, and I get it. If you don't have an answer, you can't give an answer. But I feel like, look, this is his ship. Whatever the, the other stuff he was dealing with that he, quote, didn't want to get into, yeah. it's a little mysterious to yeah. me, right? I mean, yeah. Mike Caldwell's in his second year. You would think that side of the ball is less of a burden on your attention because you've yeah. got a guy now in his second year as the OC. I don't know if it was, like, injury issues, what was going – you know, but I don't know how, like, all right, we're without Devon Hamilton for a period of time or, or Cam gets suspended. How does that change – your focus on game day in terms of whether or not you're
5: going to be calling
3: plays I'm not sure what he was talking about
5: I when we got to the end of the season and the defensive side of the ball is where the coaching changes were mostly going to be coming including the coordinator level right when that wound up being what was being announced I wasn't surprised that Press Taylor wasn't going to be among the changes in the coaching staff, given how connected I think he and Doug Peterson really are, right? And I, I think we're getting to a point where when one's gone, they're both gone. Like, that's the way it feels to me, right, at this point, if it's a firing. Like, if it's Press Taylor finds a job somewhere, that's different. Right, If he gets the opportunity to be a head coach somewhere, not that he was in that cycle this off season but if he got the opportunity to be a head coach somewhere, that's different. I think I'm more convinced that if Press is going to be fired, that Doug's probably going with him, right? It's the way that it feels to me right now. I also keep going back to two seasons ago when the offense was more effective, was in the second halves of all those games where Press was calling the plays, right? Right. So I get it. There's all this frustration with what happened at times last year, but I don't, I'm just not as frustrated with press as most people seem to be in this situation. But yesterday was the first time this offseason that we've heard Coach Peterson at least express that no, I haven't made that decision yet. Right. I'm still thinking about it. I, I, I tend to think that it's going to wind up with Press Taylor calling the plays. Like, I think that's where this is eventually going to land still. But it is interesting that for the first time, I didn't have any doubt about that a week ago, right? Like, who was going to be calling the plays for the offense? I was pretty sure it was going to be Press Taylor calling the plays again this year. Now, at least the coach has left the door open for everyone that's been scrambling to get Press out of the play calling duties. The door was open yesterday for everyone to still consider. I, I really do. I think it'll wind up being Press-Taylor is going to be the offensive coordinator and calling the plays. I think that's where it's going to wind up. Maybe Doug is more involved than I'm with you. It, it is mysterious. What was he doing that was keeping him from doing it? Right yeah. and, and and we'll never probably get an answer to what exactly that was and he doesn't have to give one like you said I don't want to go into it fine and, and I get the whole I want the
3: 10,000 foot view of everything but that would be the same during your first year it, uh, your second year it's that didn't change yeah. right I mean at least the ability or desire to to have that kind of view it seemed like there was things that he needed to pay attention to that were drawing his attention away yes is the way he made it sound uh look to me Doug Peterson earned a rep as being a really good play caller. Frank Franchi, when he sat down and said some people called you the best play caller in the league coming off that Super Bowl victory, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you, if that is your strength, lean into it? I I agree. You know, I mean, it's why these young up-and-coming offensive coordinators are so attractive to get jobs. It's kind of like you're double-dipping. You're getting the head guy, but you're also getting the guy that's going to orchestrate your offense, and I think – Ultimately, whether it starts out this way or not, I think Doug Peterson is going to, unless things go swimmingly well, right out of the gates, I think Doug Peterson will take back the play calling full-time, whether that's to start of the year or at some point during the season. Because if you're going to go down, you've got to go down swinging. Yeah. If right? this is your main area of expertise, the edge that you bring to this football
5: team above all else, then utilize it. No, yeah, and it's not like he would be the only head coach calling the plays. Of course not. Right? Like, it's it's not uncommon when your head coach is an offensive guy that he winds up being the guy who's going to be calling the plays. Now, look, all of these things are collaborative, right? Andy Reid isn't doing it by himself. He's the guy who's ultimately calling the plays, and he's excellent at it, right? Like, he doesn't need anybody else to call the plays, but it's not like... Andy's the only guy putting in any kind of thought in different moments as to what's going to go on. He's just the guy who gets the ultimate vote, right, on this is the play we're running, right? Like, he gets the last call on those things. I would love, I'd be more comfortable with Doug Peterson being the guy that I know is in that position now. Like, I would. I would be more comfortable with Doug being in that position to last year he was willing to defer that side of it to press Taylor, not without him having some kind of input as to what they're doing play-to-play, play, right? I'm Doug was involved in all that, I'm sure, but ultimately, press is the one calling the play.
3: Right, I mean, look, and Doug leaned into, hey, you know, we were a pretty good passing offense and all this, you're a terrible running offense. And he acknowledged that, too. Right, he did, and, you know, there, there are particularly some situational times where the Jags really struggled, you know, and I get it, if you can't move people and it's third and one, third and two. All of a sudden, your play calling has to get a little bit more exotic. And when you're lining up in shotgun or pistol on third and two, uh, you're basically signaling to the world we don't have the guys up front that can get the job yeah. done. Yeah. Our
5: best option on third and one is our quarterback is tall, right? <laughs> like right. Right, right. I heard God. you say that
3: to the guys yeah. on the drill. Like,
5: and that really is where they were at the later part of the season when when. Trevor was still healthy enough to run a QB sneak. That wasn't all the way through the back half of the season, but when he was still healthy enough to run that kind of play, then yeah, that was the best option they had given the limitations they had on the interior offensive line.
3: And he did acknowledge that the injuries being a factor with Trevor Lawrence and we're not going to dwell on that. We all know. And I I don't doubt that that's a real thing, right? I mean, his play tailed off as he started to accumulate injuries. And I, that really the thing that I listened to, when he was talking about that, was the amount of practice time. You know, that that eventually you're like, you know what, as good as these guys are, the cumulative effect of missing practice day after day after day. Not practicing all week. It's hard to show up on game day and perform at a high level, particularly throwing the football. But, you know, I I still think I trust their judgment that Trevor was the right guy over – C.J. Beathard, who took snaps all week. I'd yeah. rather go down swinging with my guy. Uh, one here on Trevor, we'll get to the offensive line stuff after the top of the hour, but uh, acknowledging something that everybody knows, Trevor, I would hope at the top of this list, he needs to limit the turnovers.
0: It has to. I mean, he can't He can't keep, you know, and he knows it, right? He knows it. He can't keep turning the ball over and we got to protect it. And, and and we will, and we can we can talk about it. There's a lot of things we can, um, you know, communicate with him. And, and you, you just got to keep going back and showing him the reasons why. This is why you made this decision. This is why the ball came out of your hand. This is why, and, and show him the whys, and, and you know, educate him, right? And uh, um, and he'll he'll embrace that, and he'll get better, and, and look forward to doing that. Yeah, that that's
3: something that in addition to personnel improvements, uh, Trevor Lawrence just needs to play better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he was playing well up until when the injury started to mount, but yeah. in the end, man, you know, people don't want to hear that. You know, they just want a better performance and he has regardless of injury. Tony, he's turned it over way way too much and you know, whether it's been interceptions in the red zone, just general poor ball security in the pocket, whatever the case may be, uh, you're killing yourself. You're killing your team when you do that. This team doesn't have that kind of margin for error. I mean, if he could have cut down by about eight, you know, one every other game, what he did last year, Jags are probably a playoff team. Yeah, they only got to win one more game. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, nobody is ignoring the fact that, yes, granted, Needs better protection, needs weapons, all these things. Trevor Lawrence needs to be better himself on top of that. Uh, what about the offensive line? What about all these comments about Cam Robinson? We'll hear what Doug Peterson had to say, and uh, we'll hear from Trent Bulky coming up in hour number two as well, weighing in on a number of these Jaguar-related issues. If you have a comment or a question, Jaguar-related, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010 XL Had a lot of injuries. Tony just need to stay healthy. That's all right. <laughs> Super Bowl champs. I mean look there is something too. if you stay healthy might have been a little bit better might have won one more game and you might have sure. been in the playoffs as the division champs but does everybody else get to stay healthy too. Do they get to pick
5: obviously which not.
3: guys uh, <laughs> just <laughs> us. Is that how that works right. If, if only all our guys stay healthy mm-hmm. the whole time and play up to their capabilities will be just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I want to get into the offensive line through the eyes of Doug Peterson here and Trent Balky as well, but we'll uh, finish up with some Doug thoughts. Uh, first, uh, some of the stuff that he said to the local media and then a few of the comments that he made from the podium yesterday. You may have heard some of this uh, throughout the course of the day yesterday. And again, uh, go back and listen. Frank Franchi with one-on-one sit-downs with both Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke available yeah in the on-demand section at 1010XL.com. Um, and here's Doug, though, starting things off on the
0: Cam Robinson front, said he hopes to have Cam back. I hope so. You know, as an organization, I mean, he's under contract and, and I, I just think that, you know, Cam brings an edge. Cam brings uh, some physicality, you know, to the offensive line. He has to, he's, an, he's like Trevor. I mean, he understands that, hey, his his role is to, to help this team win. and. And can't can't put the team, can't put the players, can't put us in situations that he did last year. Now the injury is out of you know anybody's control, but talking about the suspension, right? And and um, it's about being a pro. And, and listen, these are conversations that um, Cam we know he's had, we've had, you know, um, and you know I definitely like having him on the team. I, he, he's fun to be around brings a lot of energy out there,
2: um,
0: and he makes us better.
3: You know, there's there's definitely a line, and I don't think that they don't collaborate. I'm sure Peterson and Balky talk
2: about these mm-hmm. kind of things,
3: right? But there is a, you know, a, hey, I let him coach, I let him handle the contract stuff, and they try not to step on each other's toes publicly that yeah, much.
5: They certainly walked that line yesterday. They did yesterday,
3: yeah. right? And And maybe they do it when they feel like it's to their advantage. But regardless, you know, this is a co- you ask a coach. Do you want Cam Robinson? Well, yeah, I think we're better with Cam Robinson. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're not asking him. Do you want Cam Robinson with a 21 million dollar cap hit, or right. do you not want Cam Robinson and have only a five million dollar cap hit? Right, and that's not his end of it. Does Doug Peterson want Cam Robinson? You bring some edge. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the thing, Tony. It's evident. You know, we got Dave Campo on here practically daily, harping on. This is like the number one thing this team needs an infusion of. Uh, his attitude and edge Mm -hmm. on the offensive line. And I think you're hearing that to some degree from Doug Peterson. Now, remember the last time Trent Baalke spoke a couple weeks after the season ended, he said, I don't want to go down the road of Cam Robinson. When he said, hey, Josh Allen will be a Jaguar, but I'm not going to speculate on the future of some of these guys. Well, wait a minute. You (laughs) didn't even speculate. You stated definitively, this is what's going to happen with the future of this guy. And the fact that you don't with the other guy opens it up to mm-hmm. wondering what the circumstance is. Because, you know, people are savvy nowadays. We understand the cap implications and all that. So, yeah. here's a guy who wants him back. I don't think that – I agree with you. I don't think that necessarily means Cam is likely to be back. But we'll hear more comments from the GM on this front. Too.
5: Yeah, and I think you hear – Part of the comments there, even from the coach, who is saying that he wants him back, is he hurt us last year? Yes, right. Him not being available early in the season and him getting hurt. Got to be a pro. He that said. hurt us, right? Like it, it's not like these things are exclusive of one another. It's all a package deal. It's one player, and you. I I don't blame the coach for talking about everything he adds and talking about how he hurt him. Like that's fine. Right, and he's asked about a specific player, so he gives a full answer about that player. And it is a peek behind the curtain of what they're thinking about Cam Robinson, right? Because I, the organization, you've never heard them express anything that makes you think they just don't like him. Like, I've never heard them express anything that makes you feel that way about mm-hmm. it. It just may finally be to the point where it's, you know what? That amount of money, we're not doing that. Right? Like it, we may finally be like him as a player. Right. To that kind of point work. with Cam. So we'll see how that works out, but coach was also asked about where he believes the guy who's been the target of most of the frustration from the fan base last year, Luke Fortner, the second year center where he feels like Fortner needs to improve.
0: Here's the thing, you know, with Luke and you know, he's he's he started the last 2 years for us a lot of games and if not all of them. And um Um, you know, there's, there's strengths and weaknesses that every player has to, has to work on. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into what we have to work on with him specifically, because I think that's a, um, that's just a one-on-one conversation with, with player and coach, but, but he knows where he needs to get to. We know where we want him to get to, and it's our job to help him get there. And, and so that's, that's in our power to do that. And that's what we're going to do and focus on this spring and, and make sure that, uh, um, You know, He takes a step in that direction.
3: Yeah, a step in that direction, meaning he needs to get stronger, more physical, right? We know this, right? They keep harping on experience, 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 but if your experience is I'm getting pushed
5: on my butt, that's not really helping you develop a whole lot, I don't think. And when talking to Frank, Coach specifically, they didn't help him, right, probably as much as they could have last year with what the things that they were asking him to do and also pointed out that, the noise outside the building from media and fans. Oh, I heard
3: that, too. Was, was that it, him or was that Balky who said that? Was it Peterson? That was
5: Peterson. Okay. yeah, that Talking, said that about, about, talking Fortner. about Fortner, yeah. yes. And it was like, what? Oh, come on, man. Like, that affected the way he was playing that the fans think he It stinks? got into his head. <laughs> like, what?
3: Yeah, well, I hope he's taken the offseason off from social media yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, Doug Peterson, prior to those comments at the podium, At the nfl combine yesterday explained what he sees as the issues with the offensive line
0: our offensive line obviously you know and and i think if you if you if you talk to these guys individually they know and we know that it wasn't our best right and as a coaching staff i put i put a lot of this on us and and making sure that we're doing the right things to put our players in position you've heard me say this a lot put our players in position to be successful, give them an opportunity. And that, that falls on us as coaches through through game planning and scheming and not having too much, just have the right amount of plays to, to execute. Um, and, then, and then in turn, that falls back onto the player, right? The player has to go out and play and, and use his God-given ability to to go execute the play. So we're gonna continue to look to, to improve. Um, we always talk about competition we want to bring in players to, to add value and depth at every position. Um, and then we have to coach it better. We've got to teach it better and we got to detail it. It all starts in the offseason.
3: Uh, uh, Jack's yeah. changed a lot of coaches this off season, they right? Did. Basically all their defensive guys, a couple guys on offense, Phil Roushers back, right? He is. I mean, we didn't coach it. Well, <laughs> he's your offensive line coach and your run game coordinator. Um, and I get it. They were praising Phil Rauscher the year before, they but were. so what is it? If you didn't coach it well, where's the accountability for the coaches? I mean, uh, uh, is it I, – I felt like he really put a lot of lean into the positions we put these guys into other than these guys need to just be better. They yeah. need to be better players. And I get it. Coaches want to say oh, that's, on, that's our job to get it out of them. You can only get so much out of the raw material you're given. You know, you can improve those guys and you get them to play to their peak, but their peak may simply not be good enough to be a top half of the league player
5: at their position or a top two-thirds player. And it makes sense. Look, it's the NFL combine. You haven't been able to do anything to address your roster. You know, to this point in the offseason, the free agency hasn't opened up. You haven't gone through the draft. And, look, as I've said throughout the process with the Fortner thing, there's no reason to burn him. Right, as a coaching staff, there's no reason to burn them until whatever decisions you're going to make in that regard get made. Like, I expect changes to come, but Coach was asked about, and it's our last comment here from Coach Peterson, but how he feels about the current group
0: they have in that offensive line room. The addition of Ezra, you know, we thought was going to be that, that left guard. If you think about it, Cam, Ezra, Luke, Brandon, and Ton played one game together. Last game of the regular season, right? So we've had that kind of revolving door on the left side, you know, and for whatever reason, injury, performance, whatever it might be. And, you know, Cam, the suspension, and then the injury late in the season. So he missed eight games. We didn't have consistency. We didn't have continuity. And, And that affects five guys up front, right? And so that's where we have to get back to. We've got to get back to a little more consistency there. But we can also help them as coaches and, and prepare them better. Um, and I know we will starting this offseason. Look, you got to have good players. I
3: get that, right? But pe- people like Joe Tooney is one of the best guards in the league, right? Mm-hmm. They, Chiefs didn't have him for the Super Bowl, didn't have him for the AFC Championship game. Granted, they've got Mahomes, but, I mean, yeah, at a certain point you've got to overcome some of this stuff. By the way, the one game they had all the guys together for, they averaged 3.6 yards a
5: carry. Yeah. So – and I, okay, it was only one game. I, I uh, Right. And if Cam only played eight games, then was he really your left tackle? Right. Right. <laughs> like, okay. So he only played with those other four guys once. How about Walker Little or whoever else she had playing left tackle uh, throughout the season last year? Because someone had to start the other nine.
3: Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I don't know, man. I, I look.
5: You're right that there's no point in burying guys, but... Look, and it makes sense to... You dealt with what you dealt with last year. Injuries were an issue along the offensive line, right? And that comment, that could be as simple as he meant it, was we dealt with a bunch of injuries and different things that were happening on the offensive line. It affected our play on the field. Agreed. Right? Like, if that was as simple as the comment was, I agree with you, coach. It clearly had an effect on on the team, and we'll see what kind of adjustments they're going to make. Based it does on that.
3: feel like I, I can't blame anybody for feeling that and this is an oversimplification probably, but I say probably that we're just going to run it back and we're just going to hope these guys stay healthy and if they're available we think we're going to be much better. That's presuming we can re-sign Ezra Cleveland.
5: Well, that's because last year they told you that Caleb on chase Chaseon's fine as the 3. I understand. Right? They spent and, a whole offseason saying they're comfortable with which it, which is why everyone right now is they're just going to do it again on the
3: offensive right. line. Right, they're just rolling their eyes, or yeah. they're ner- either they're nervous or they're beyond being nervous, and they're just like yeah. expecting no good. I don't result expect out that to be
5: the result of what happens with the team this offseason, but I can understand fans feeling nervous about it at this point in the process.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I mean they've done nothing. And look, and again, it's not their job to get up there and give you their game plan no. for how they're going to lay out the entire offseason, but. Uh, you know, oftentimes we hear them talking about a guy, well, they can't really mean that. And then they do mean that. Sometimes and, they do. You know, sometimes yeah. they do. And they've I, I, again, we didn't play any of those clips in this package, but how many times I heard Doug Peterson talk about yesterday or Trent Bulky? well, Luke Fortner's got a lot of experience. That's a lot of valuable yeah. experience. said he started every game. That's great. Yeah. That's because that's who you picked and you ran out there every week. You know, if you had started me, I would have started every game. That doesn't mean any experience I got would have been valuable.
5: Yeah, that's in the category of you're saying things that are true. Yes, right. Like he played every game. He did, and in a situation like the the combine, that's I expect coaches to say nothing, don't lie, right? Like that's what I'm expecting from the coach and GM. Don't say anything about whatever your plan's going to be in the next week. Just don't lie about any of the players. Saying Luke Fortner needs to get better, needs to get stronger, started every game for us the last two years. These are all true statements about what is going on with Luke Fortner. None of that means he's going to be the starting center for him this year. He still could be.
3: Um, By the way, on a completely different angle here, about 15 minutes ago, Albert Breer Mm -hmm. tweeted out, uh, the NFL Players Association did a survey on working conditions around the league. Where, okay. where, where would you suspect the Jags were during the Coughlin EVP era?
5: Oh, <laughs> last 32nd, right? It, yeah. I mean,
3: when the, when the Players Association put out a memo to its members saying you might want to think twice about going to play for that organization. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here.
5: I bet the new building helped with that.
3: Um, your bottom five on working conditions in the league. Steelers, I thought they were the model franchise, Mm. right? Steelers, Patriots, Chargers, the Chiefs. Wow. Quit your yapping. We've got Super Bowls, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like, does it, how much does it matter what the working conditions are? How bad can they be if they've won the Super Bowl the last few years and then the Commanders are in the, the bottom five, the top five best working conditions, if this matters to you? Out there. The NFL player, uh, NFLPA player survey. And it could matter to a pending free agent. Mm -hmm. Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, Jaguars. Nice. Top five working conditions.
5: Yay. Yeah. Yay! That's all. Like they got that new facility down there, I, right? And it's, they, it's fantastic. It's a better environment to be in,
3: and right? uh, and new look, weight
5: room, new training, do, like all that. You know,
3: it's like Ryan Nielsen said. Look, I didn't know what they had going on down here, but I bet you free agents will notice. You know, when they take visits and that kind of thing can maybe it, look. It's not gonna make the difference between you signing everybody or being the worst. Uh, In the free agent market, but it might make a difference over the course of five years on a couple of signings, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, having better conditions. It's not a bad thing. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'd rather have bottom five working conditions and the rings like the uh, Chiefs do. However, Mm -hmm. that's the way. That's the (laughs) sign I'd come down on. Today's looking. question, Tony. I'm
5: looking at the NFLPA report card right now, just where the Jags did well. Yes. Right. Uh, The owner by the player's vote got an A uh, here in Jacksonville. Kansas City. Uh, all right, hold on. Uh, I'm going to channel snarky
3: Jaguar fan. Well, that's because he doesn't demand excellence <laughs> or any results from any of these guys, and they know yeah. that they can just come in here and collect their money and have a nice, comfortable vacation. Yeah, Am I doing well?
5: Uh, probably. Um, they don't li- li- include any of the comments from any oh, of the okay. places. I the was guessing
3: have. that would be uh-huh. a fan reaction to that A-grade for But Shotgun. it is
5: It is kind of Most of the grades on the owners are basically A or D or F, right? Like, that's for most teams. It's like, it basically feels like I don't care. And the other half is this guy stinks. Like, that's the way that it feels. Like, Arizona got an F. Not a surprise, right? That Arizona would get an F in that regard. Carolina got a D, right? But a bunch of other teams, it's A's and B's all over the place. But Jacksonville gets an A. Kansas City, F minus. F (laughs) (laughs) minus. From the players' association <laughs> with the owner, what is going on in Kansas City with the owner? You don't have to kowtow to anybody when you're winning rings, Tony. No. You think it was fun playing
3: for New England all those championships? Apparently not. Apparently, Pittsburgh,
5: Pittsburgh—the only other F in the league, by the way—in ownership all
3: stink. <laughs> okay, terrible, terrible people. Uh, they say that the uh, Minnesota and Miami blew everyone else away mm-hmm. in these things that, that they're, you know, the Jags are in the top five, but like the top, it's like the top two and everybody else. right uh, And Minnesota's got brand new facilities up there as well. And that's, uh, you know, that's what players like. It's yeah. why they pour all this money into these college locker rooms and weight rooms and all that, that uh, people want to be pampered and treated <laughs> like stars. And hey, it's good work if you can get it. All right. We'll come back and we'll hear from your favorite guy, Jacksonville. Trent. Wolke. General manager of your Jacksonville Jaguars, weighing in a number of Jaguar-related issues. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: Jaguars Today on 1010XL.
1: Working. You know, that's an ongoing discussion that we're having with his agent. Uh, in fact, later today I'm going to have another meeting with him as well. So, just ongoing.
3: Nose to the grindstone, Trent Balky Just going to get this thing done. Tony has been, you know, beating a path to Josh Allen's agent's door. <laughs> Basically camping out in the yard. Uh-huh. We're going to get this thing done. What if they do? They might. I hope so. I mean, he knows what the benefits are. It's not stupid. Maybe ineffective. I don't think Trent Balky's stupid, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, know, if he believes this, he's stupid. All right, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think he understands The implications for the salary cap, for the flexibility, for having say over whether or not Calvin Ridley
5: returns. Right. And like we just had the long conversation about the offensive line stuff going on, reacting to what Coach Peterson had to Uh say. And it's still cloudy to me, you know, how committed they are to Cam Robinson being back. Like I, I think there is still room in that. I think it's been very clear throughout the process they want Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley back. Right? It's trying to figure out exactly how you're able to pull that off. And, look, I thought it was very clear last offseason that they were interested in keeping two at least of those three big-time free agents, that they were interested in keeping all three. At this time, at the Combine, that's the way they were still expressing. We want them all. Right? We're trying to figure out how to do it with them all. They got one. When everything was said and done, they got one of them. It's not that they weren't interested in keeping all three. But they were able to keep hold of one of those guys, given the contract negotiations and everything else that was going on. So, yeah, I am 100% sure they want Josh Allen and they want Calvin Ridley back. It's not as simple as wanting them back to get them back.
3: All right, well, here is bulky on recently meeting with Calvin Ridley.
1: We've got a lot of work to do this offseason. You know, I had a meeting with Kelvin uh, the other day in my office, I had a great talk with Kelvin, know exactly where he's at, and, and he knows where we're at. So we're just going to continue to work with all these players and try to come to some, some form of compromise, some form of resolution as, as the weeks go on.
3: Doesn't really tell you much. No. Right there. We know where he's at. We know where we're at. We've talked. If we're in the same exact spot, we'd probably be announcing a, a new contract yeah. for Calvin Ridley. And then through compromise in there, which makes me think that yeah. they are
5: got a little gap. Right. If, if it was a year ago and you replace Calvin Ridley's name in that comment with Jawan Taylor, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Right? Like, that part of it isn't any different. Uh, it, it, Trent Baalke was also asked about how important is the difference between giving up a second or a third-round pick to get Ridley back in the building.
1: Well, the, we're not real concerned with that, whether it's a second or a third round. We're just going to work with the player and see if we can come to an agreement. When that, whether that's before that uh, compensation changes or not, that, that remains to be seen. But we're more focused on the player. Of course, you've
3: got to be more focused on the player. But if you're not factoring this in, mm-hmm. it's lunacy to me. I, honestly, this is dumb that – if you sign Calvin Ridley and you give up the second round pick, then it's dumb on Calvin's part. Right? It's dumb mm-hmm. on somebody's part. Because if Cal like if Calvin doesn't understand, wait two weeks and sign the same exact deal, yeah. and you'll have a chance to have a better teammate. We'll have a higher pick that benefits you, benefits everybody. You're not going anywhere. You're getting your money to sign it at 401 on the first day of free agency. If he doesn't get that, and isn't willing to play along with like why once you agree I'm going to sign this, mm-hmm. what's the, the drawback to waiting? Doesn't seem to be any. Doesn't seem to be any, right? I mean, nothing realistically. Oh, you get less a oh, week's less interest. Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: I <laughs> unless he needs the money today. And, and, <laughs> right. And you, know, you know what I mean? Like,
3: I, I don't think that will be I don't think that's the case. The case. So yeah. um I th- this is a departure though, from yeah. Trent saying. It'll be a yeah. it won't be a second.
5: And maybe that departure is an expression of how important getting a deal done with Ridley is. Maybe it is. Right? Like maybe that's as simple as that as what that is, but it is, you know, people are gonna react to it.
3: Which is what we're asking you today, yeah. the question of the day, uh, is if it came down to a choice between keeping Ridley and keeping your third round pick, or losing him and keeping your second round pick, knowing that you're gonna lose one of those picks yeah either way, you already lost the third, but it could upgrade to losing the second. i think people most people understand what we're asking here today yes uh would you rather have Ridley and have that pick drop down to the third round or would you rather him walk and keep in mind by the way, if he walks, it's not to say you couldn't. Like make a run at Mike Evans if he gets out to free agency. Sure. You know what I mean? Like all you, the
5: other options draft free agency absolutely. are open to you if you let him walk. Right. And
3: and you know, if you could get Mike Evans for the same money that you could get Calvin Ridley sure. and keep a better pick in the process, that would be attractive. The difference is you get to negotiate with Ridley right now. Yeah. You know, you get to get as close as possible without the ink drying on the paper. And if
5: you feel that way, vote that
1: way.
3: Um Cam Robinson. Trent Balky says, I expect him back.
1: I don't know where, where, where the ambi- ambiguity was. Uh, he's under contract, and the expectation is that he will be back. You know, we, we've had a lot of discussions over the last two weeks. We obviously got a lot of moves we got to do. There's a lot of players that have, have hit free agency. There's another bunch of young guys that we're working on potential extensions for. So we've got a lot of balls in the air right now, and we're just going to try to play them one by one.
3: Now, two (laughs) things here. One, where did the ambiguity come from? From
1: you. Yeah. I mean, what
3: do you mean you don't understand when you were asked at – I don't want to call it the season-ending press conference. The press conference he did a couple weeks after the year, he was very definitive. Josh Allen will be a Jaguar. Okay, fine. What about Cam Robinson? Well, I'm not going to get into that. Okay, do you not understand Mm -hmm. how you could be so definitive on one guy and – Cam Robinson was under contract then, too. Mm -hmm. In fact, Josh Allen's not under contract, and you're defining that he will absolutely be back. So the ambiguity came out of your mouth. I don't understand why he thinks that's even a question, but he goes beyond, well, Cam's under contract right now. He goes, I expect him to be back. Now, does you control that if you're asking him to play under this Last year, then that goes from expect to, oh, he will be back because that's within your control. So I wonder if I expect him to be back because I think it will be able to work something out to lower his cap figure. I still find it hard to believe he's going to be back on the current contract at 21 mil. But I do think that they are making plans to have an offensive line that includes Cam Robinson. Yeah, whatever the
5: conversations have been over the course of the last several weeks since he had that last press conference, apparently have been okay uh, when it comes to Cam Robinson. Those comments reflect that. We got more from Trent Baalke.
3: If we can get to it coming up in this final segment, we will. Obviously, we've got the rest of the week to uh, parse what was said yesterday as well. We'll look at today's question of the day, some of the reaction to it. Uh, Sign Ridley. Uh, and how do we do this? Uh, lose Ridley, keep the second-round pick, mm-hmm. sign Ridley, and keep the third-round pick. All right. That's uh, Again, I, I think most people understand what the implications of this are if it came down to that choice. Obviously, the ideal thing is keep the second and keep Ridley. If that's not the choice, if the choice is we're either going to sign him and lose that second-rounder and it, we'll get the third-rounder back, or we're going to lose him and we'll Mm -hmm. keep that second rounder and we're losing the third rounder, which of those options is the better one? If you eliminate the the option
5: of signing him in free agency, which do you vote? Correct. Or
3: franchise tagging him. Yeah. Or or any other method that keeps him here and keeps the second round pick in the Jags pocket. If it's a choice basically between keeping that second or signing Ridley, and keep in mind, it's not just signing Ridley, it's signing Ridley to a deal that at the moment they probably need to create cap space Mm -hmm. to make it work under – Uh, the cap for 2024 at the very least. So uh, we'll take a look at that and debate that when we come back on the other side as well. You're listening to Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5
2: FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, on the uh, text line designed by Lifetime
3: Enclosures in regards to Calvin Ridley, it'll Mm -hmm. cost more to wait. It'll get offers from multiple teams. Calvin's in the driver's seat if you don't sign him now. Well, you can't compel him to sign now. No. Right? No matter what you offer Calvin Ridley, uh, uh, presuming you don't have the franchise tag to use on him, you're using that on Josh Allen in this hypothetical. Yeah. Calvin Ridley can say, okay, appreciate the offer. I'm going to wait a week. I and gonna see, see what I'm going to get. What else I'm going to get. Yeah. So, you know, and whatever number. So, can you come up with a number that makes him go, all right, fine. I'll sign this now. If he's willing to sign now. Yeah. Then why wouldn't he be willing to sign a day one that, you know, if, can you make, can you even craft an offer that's willing to, that would make him willing to not listen to what other people were going to be willing to pay him? You know what I mean?
5: You probably could. Maybe. But again, it's, it's like the Josh Allen thing. We've talked about this as well. I would be willing to offer him 30 plus million dollars a year. Josh. Right. I'm not sure the team is. There might be people out there that are willing to offer. Calvin Ridley, $26, $27 million a year. I don't think the team is, right? So I don't think they're making the kind of offer that would have Calvin saying, you know what, sign it. Like I don't think they're willing to make that offer right now. I think they've negotiated both sides to know where they stand at this point, going into what's going to be an open free agency window for Calvin Ridley. He's not going to go into it not knowing what the Jaguars want to do. Right? Not knowing what the Jaguars' offer likely is going to be to him, and probably will get offers from other teams and come back to the, the jags and say, "This is what they're telling me." right? Are you willing to match this? I want to stay here. Are you willing to match this? Right Right? Like that's how this process is going to work. If you're in that group that would be willing to give Calvin Ridley 27 million dollars a year, say that. And, and here's the thing. If Ridley's
3: willing to take that today, yeah, or next week. Before free agency opens, all right, Cal, you're de- you're going to sign for this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll sign today. Still
5: wait because it then, helps. Then the do team. it
3: on on the day that it yeah. opens up. If you're really willing to do that, then and if you're not and and you want to start shopping it around at that point, then we're going to start looking at other mm-hmm. alternatives as well mm-hmm. because you know it's and apparently they're not going to move on from anybody. They feel like they're in a pretty good spot cap wise from what they're saying. So yeah. makes me wonder how aggressive they're going to be in trying to, you know, other than signing their own guys back. Sure. You know, and how, how well did Ezra Cleveland play? I don't know. <laughs> you know to, what I mean? I do not
5: know. You know, yeah. that
3: that's one of their priority guys that they're trying to get back right now. All right. They can we,
5: talk to him right now. They can't talk to any of their other priorities because they're not free agents yet.
4: Right.
3: Except for like Ridley. Right. I mean?
4: Like, like they, all, can right, the they, they can talk to the guys they can talk to. I understand.
5: And so, yeah, they're probably interested in all the guys that they know.
3: <laughs> All right, let's uh, take a look at today's question of the day and give it the
2: old take. ten ten take. 10-10. take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories.
3: All right, we understand there are more than two alternatives yes. in how things can go down with Ridley. But if it came down to sign him before free agency opens up knowing that you're going to lose the second-round pick, right? You're going to lose a second or a third. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, you'd lose the second, you'd have Ridley for I don't we're know signing him now. I don't know what yeah. the number would be. Yeah, okay, 20 plus million a year, probably. probably. The other one? Nope, you'll lose him because you don't want to give up that second round pick, and he's going to walk when free agency comes. What's the better plan? Do you want to mm-hmm. sign him and keep the third rounder or lose him and keep the second rounder? I think that's pretty clear to everybody, right? I, Everyone, I would anyone, hope so. anyone who would be yes. voting in this poll. I would think, has been following this issue uh, along. Tony, I don't want to lose Calvin Ridley if it's the difference between one round. Mm -hmm. If I felt for sure that I knew that this was a great drafting team, that we could go out and I could get a guy who's going to cost me less over the course of his rookie deal than Calvin Ridley will for one year. Sure. I think I might want to go that way, but here's the thing. You get Calvin Ridley and, in this scenario, a third-round pick. It's either the second-round pick Or it's Ridley and the third-round pick Mm -hmm. is what you get. And I think having Calvin Ridley, it'd be like if Calvin Ridley didn't play for this team, okay? and you had a second-rounder, and the the third-rounder you had was a compensatory pick, which is where the Jags stand right now, Mm -hmm. what they expect. And you said, man, we're interested in Calvin Ridley. To guarantee him signing with you, would you drop that second-rounder down to a third? Yeah. I'd do it.
5: I would too. I, I look at it and say, do I think Calvin Ridley is worth a second and a fifth round pick? Yes. I do. Right? Because they've already given up the five. Right. Like that's out the door. And they're honestly, they've given up the three. Right. Like, do I think that he's worth that? Yeah. Do
3: I think he's worth the difference between a third and a second is what it comes to, plus yeah. the contract.
5: Right. Like, it's, yes. I think that he is. Uh, given the options that are going to be available to him in free agency, I do. I think he's worth it. That's, easily the direction I would go would be sign Ridley, keep the third, even if it costs me the second. I'm i I'm firmly in that camp with the Calvin Ridley thing, and I'm still in favor of the Jags drafting somebody, a wide receiver at some point that's their guy. Like, I'm still in favor of them going at, in that direction at some point in this year's draft, even if they bring Ridley back. It doesn't have to be at 17, and obviously it wouldn't be in the second round under that scenario, Uh, But, yeah, I'm still in favor of them drafting and developing a young guy to eventually be a top-of-the-depth chart type a player for this franchise. But Calvin Ridley, I think, is that type of player right now. He may not have hit those 1,400 yards and all that last year. I I thought he was a good player last year. Could have been a better year for him, but I expect even more out of him if it's year two in a Jags uniform. Uh,
3: Three out of four going that way, by the way. Sign Ridley, keep the third as opposed to lose him. And keep the second mm-hmm. uh, 74.5% out of over 450 votes on that so far. On the text line designed by the Lifetime Enclosures from Casey and Jack Beach, you know, if Ridley and Balky had the agreement that you're talking about, in other words, here's the deal, we're going to wait. Balky would be saying exactly what he's saying now. Look, I'm willing, I'm not going to sit here and give Balky an offseason grade, right? And, and, and I I agree with this, this yeah. text, but like, I'm not sitting here going, oh, Balky's absolutely going to screw this up. I am fearful, but. I'm willing to say, hey, you know what? You got a deal. If you, Imagine if he gets a deal done with Josh Allen and he does franchise Ridley. And then however that plays out, even if he plays on the tag. Yeah. You know, and then we go about our business. We'll, let's, you know,
5: then we'll get, well, he's going to stick with Luke Fortner. Well, let's find out. If they keep both and make changes on the interior offensive line, good. But, right, yeah. like, I'm, I'm
3: holding out the possibility yeah. that those things can happen. Yeah. Will they happen? Are they likely to happen? I don't know. I thought to do, I think there's more wholesale changing that that needs to take place on the offensive line than they seem to indicate yesterday. But again, if they're just keeping their cards close to the chest and don't want to tip their hand to anybody, fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I mean, anything they've done today or said yesterday isn't the final word on the subject. The, The final word is whether or not you get that thing done with Josh Allen and then. If you don't and you apply the franchise tag later on, do you get a long-term extension done? Does he? When does he show up? Does he forced to play under the tag? Whatever uh, the question may be, that's a whole set of issues. Then, okay, right. you don't have the franchise tag. How does it work out with Ridley? Who do you bring back? Are you really paying Cam $21 million? Or is he really going to eat $21 million of your cap space right. this year? After he's been okay, but I don't think great. Maybe he's your best option. I mean, let's—they've let, got to get answered before we can ultimately judge. I get the fear. A lot of people have a lot of trepidation that it's going to go in a direction they don't want it to. Sure, totally understand that. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean that it has to go to. that way. Yeah, uh, when it's all said and done. All right, uh, let's. I'm sure. I don't know if they're tired of it, but they had uh, a lot of uh, Peterson and Balky yesterday on XL <laughs> Prime Time. Probably a little bit more today, I would imagine. Let's say hello.
2: Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Matt, hey. So hello. Greetings. How are you? We are never
3: tired of the Jags on XL Prime Time. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're certainly not on Jaguars right. today. I but are you that.
5: sick of Balky? That's the question. No. Okay. He's good content.
2: I get
3: sick of the same old, same old over and over and over again. I felt like yesterday, and maybe it's just the way we're interpreting it, it felt like, huh. Do they really feel that much more strongly about, you know, certain aspects of the offensive line? Like I mean, Balky came flat out and said I expect Cam will be. Right, that here. was the
5: that was the big
3: news, I think. He didn't say, you know, we'll see. You know, right. and, and then he said, he said, I he's don't under understand. Contract. I, well, but then why didn't you say that when you were asked about it a few weeks ago when you said, well, I don't really want to get into that. And then he goes, I don't understand where the uh, the ambiguity. ambiguity comes from. Came right out of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, it literally came out of your mouth when you right. said, Josh Allen will be a Jaguar. I don't want to get into camp. Yeah. It's That's like where the it came pe- from. It's not
5: like the person asking didn't know he's under contract this year. Right. We know. Right. <laughs> we're aware he's under contract for one more year. Is he going to be here? So
4: um, I mean that was important, but I also think like it sounded like again, it's just me. It sounded like they're doubling down the entire line.
3: That's what it sounds like, right? Bring back Ezra. I mean, I'd be. I mean, is is Sheriff really going to play at that cap figure this year? Can't imagine that. I can't imagine Cam plays at his cap figure though either. Right. You know. Uh, So (sighs) we'll find out. Like like Tony said, if you get up there, two jobs. Don't lie. Say you don't nothing. To, you don't have to say anything, yeah. but just don't. <laughs> Your first
4: job is don't lie. Well, I mean, as <laughs>
3: you know, they can say all these things. Cam's under contract, yes. But when you say, I expect Cam Robinson to be a Jaguar, you have say over whether or not he's a Jaguar. So don't, Pencil that don't, in, man. don't tell yeah. us, well, I expected him, but I thought it would go different. Well, uh, that's what you expect. <laughs> You're creating an expectation in the fan base that, the tackle position is asked an answer, whether it's under this deal or some modified deal that Cam's going to be here. Right?
4: Well, it's also like he's under contract. We expect him. In other words,
3: he's putting the onus on him. It's not on him. It's on you. Well, we know he's going to show up. Right, right. I, you know, if you're paying him $21 I, million, he's going to be here. I don't understand where the right. MVP is. the onus isn't in. on him. It's on None you. <laughs> By the way, Matt, if uh, the Jags treated players' families better – Ah. Uh, they, they might have been a top four team uh, in the NFLPA poll. Did you see the poll that came out? Not. They they poll you on the players, and like 1,700 players, that's a big sample size, replied on how are the facilities, how's the weight room, how's the food, how's this. Jags got A's and B's in everything except treatment of families. They got a D-minus. But wow. still, they were so good in everything else, owner got an A. Okay, This is from the players. A D-minus. A D-minus for treatment of families. Everything out the B minus was the worst that they got in any other category. They finished fifth overall. They went into the fifth highest grade. Something must have happened there with that D minus that they all rallied around.
5: Well, they went right like it was last year when they had specifics coming out with it, and it was about especially uh, players who had wives with kids that were there and newborns, and there wasn't easy places to go to take Uh, care of the baby like that kind of thing was the major complaint and you look at across the league right the family services is the one that grades the lowest like it's it's basically like it's not that it's bad everywhere but it's bad it's bad in more places in that specific category Mm. than any of the other categories and I think that does speak to our teams putting enough attention on that kind of thing and I get it like before they had the new facility especially it's like Where can anyone go? Like, they changed one of the bathrooms downstairs to a family bathroom. bathroom. And it was like, well, that makes sense. Why don't they have a bunch of these, you know, in different places around the facility for the families? Well,
3: we hear, uh, how are they going to attract any good players? How are they ever going to win with, you know, when they have bad ratings, right? Well, Kansas City's in the bottom five. Yeah. Of the whole league, right. in terms of of right. how they treat their players, right. just protect your quarterback Bottom five. and start there. Owner, <laughs> the owner, like Clark Hunt, yeah. got like the worst owner grade F minus, really? really. Anyone, yeah. nil- shot got an A, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> something's not right. <laughs> don't don't look at shot. Shad. Ain't shot's fault, right? Uh All right, uh, Matt, uh, have a good show today. All right, thanks. Guys. More from the combine, I'm sure. Me O'Brien checking in live. Uh, Hayes and Frank later on this afternoon. Mm-hmm. We'll have more from the Combine tomorrow. We'll have another live report from John Osier as we go along throughout the course of the week. Uh, So that will do it for us today. Thanks to Johnny O for stopping by live from Indy in the first hour. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back at it again tomorrow from 10 to noon with more Jaguars today here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.